Films with Najama and DJ Esso. Um, so it's exciting coming your way. Uh, I've got your favorite people on board. Kobe West is here. He's already pissed all of us off. <laughs> so we're just, <laughs> in fact, we won't clap. Kobe, get the fuck. Um, <laughs> William is here as well. Um, but we have our resident church girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> church girl because it makes a whole lot of difference for us yes, yes we want you to know that we are not you know oh we're not biased yes yes oh oh don't say that so sonia kobold is in the house and then of course my right hand dj so is also here okay so for this episode i was thinking we'll talk about addiction um, and yes addiction i know that the one type of addiction that we are probably very familiar to down here is alcohol um, the reason why I wanted us to talk about this is uh, from my own experiences, a lot of Ghanaians do not know that addiction is actually a disease. Yes. Most of the time we just think, why won't you stop drinking? Why won't you just stop? If you love me, stop. And I'll be there. We yes. cast we cast the spirit, Exactly. The exactly. I can't remember, yes. The and this person This person I'm talking about, yes, was taken to a prayer camp. Yeah. Yes. They became a little fearful now. You know, all oh, yeah, this one. Let me put, I mean, I, I don't have any problem putting it out there. I'm talking about my own mother. Yeah, she unfortunately, she died. Um, it would be 11 years in June. But uh, so, and she struggled with her alcohol addiction uh, for most part of my life. It started when I was born. And then she died when I was, what, 24 or so. So uh, for over 20 years, she battled with that. And yes, it was on and off. Rehab, she stopped all of that. And it wasn't until now that I got to know what I know about addiction. So I know there are lots of people out there who still do not know that it's an actual disease and that they are not drinking because they enjoy it or they are not taking it because they enjoy it. So I wanted us to talk about it. I'm going to start with William because fortunately for us, he's a resident psychiatrist here and then he can tell us what addiction is. And then I'll come to you, Kobe, to tell me what you think addiction is because I think you will have what the masses believe. It's a mental disorder, right? Yeah. And it's characterized by so many different facets. So... A person is said to be addicted when they have the following. Like if the person starts using a substance or goes into a, a certain behavior and then develop what we call um, tolerance. Mm-hmm. So if you are using alcohol, initially maybe just one thought could knock you out, get you drunk. And later you realize that you keep taking and then that one thought doesn't do anything to you. So you need to increase. So you take two before you get the effect. And then later the two doesn't go anywhere. So now you have to keep increasing. So as you are increasing, you're developing what we call tolerance right then you get to the point where if you don't take the substance then you start having some weird discomfort what we call withdrawal right so even if it's um, cocaine or weed or um, heroin if you don't have the substance in you your body craves so you have that craving um, you may start sweating you may feel very uncomfortable sometimes you get abdominal pains in some cases you may even get diarrhea right so that's the um, that's you having withdrawal substance withdrawal from that substance then uh, you have lost control of the use so you know that this thing is causing harm and if you take just maybe one bottle it might do very little control but once you start drinking you end up finishing 10 bottles
problems. Right. Yes, all that comes into what we call addiction. Plus, we have what we call harmful use. You know that this thing is causing harm to your physical or your mental health, and you are still taking. We're taking alcohol, and it's giving you a chronic liver disease. And yet, told you to stop. Yet, you're still taking it. Right. So all these plus even more, where the substance takes uh, what we call a primacy. It takes. You'd rather drink and save the money for your kids' school fees. Yeah. Because the substance has become the main thing in your life. And then you have a stereotypical pattern. You realize that every morning you have to use it before you go out. And then every night you have to use it. So that's so all these come into informing what addiction is. So with all what I've lined out, a person is said to be addicted to a substance if the person has any three or more or quarter spelled out. Right. Yes. So sometimes we use substances for just rec- recreational purposes. Yeah. Once in a while, mm-hmm. you realize that that's one that's not satisfy any of these things I've said. So that is really not an addiction. But once you get hooked onto the substance, you're using it constantly, and then you start developing tolerance and all the other characteristics, then we're talking about addiction. Does addiction yeah. come with all substances? That's. Oh no. 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 Sometimes it's. Sometimes it might be some behavior. There's video game addiction, there's sex addiction, right? So it's not just the substance, substance. So some substance stands for um, not just a chemical substance. It might be the substance could be video game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Kobe, mm-hmm. on the streets, tell me <laughs> what what you all think. I don't know why we're going to be doing exams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just happens. This is this is a topic that you know oh, yeah. some people know more about. Right. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Because right. honestly, me, I'm I. Alright, me and my mind there. Yeah, I mean I know I know I need to learn, so Sonia will tell me Sonia will tell me why, you know, the church does what it does when it comes to addiction. Because I do not understand why people do. In no need. The church in part, in no need. I'm not talking about say church. On the streets. No, yes. no, no. Answer, so you tell me, have you, have you had, have you had, you know, contact with anyone who was addict, you know, had some form of oh, addiction? Yeah. Yes. But then, and what you was? You see, in Africa, uh-huh. and Oh, oh, but that's you know, they say somebody gets addiction. You see, I mean, that be the no. general. See, no, uh, somebody gets addiction. Oh, open fan, open drugs, open way, open way. So I say straight there, you don't go church. You understand? Yeah. Hospital crumbling. <laughs> you understand? Oh, oh, that be that be what it happened. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hospital, you know, yeah, hospital crumbling. But then sometimes me to have to take out from the angle where why the distance. Because the person talking about right now, Charlie, then the serious, yeah. you know, family issues, then ask if they drink, then yeah. if you say it, they make it, they relax. Yeah. So you go to a time, Charlie, then you go drink, you go come house, then you start to break, break tons. So, like, we buy TV like six times. Right. <laughs> exactly. So you see. So now you see some of the traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it will become hyper. Charlie, I don't know if I will call them denial or something. Or if you say something, then if you achieve in life, you know they get there. Yeah. Then Charlie, then the small boys, so they feel the heat. They, so they feel me. So he's using the alcohol as a, 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 coping, a coping mechanism. Yeah, okay. So, that'd be the point. So you think he can just stop, right? So you, from where I'm sitting, mm-hmm. yeah, if you say, nah, this thing, they be annoyed, of course, two days with the fight about time. Exactly. 
Oh, to date, we are the fighter, but remember, remember, I mentioned this because we usually fight with them. Yes, because we are the few say certain things because inmates, Charlie, then they be he be in own decisions and things we do. We on one person, one person will be admitting to and all resorted to that main and a very issue. So, I said, then on, then then go start. If you have a four, then then come inside. If you have a four, because hey, then they have to sit down to some in sister way, dissect, say, hey, Charlie, you know, the more diabolical songs are the top for you, like serious things. Too. That's a very good description of um, of the typical addiction story. Yeah. In Ghana. Yes. 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 It's, 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 it's very accurate. Yeah. You can see a lot of challenges there and um, a lot of points where necessary interventions could have made a difference. Yeah. Right from the beginning where he started using the alcohol to cope with his stress. Yes. Right. If he had better ways of uh, access to Necessary help, and and you see, probably what, what it did break me, me at that age about thinking that no, Charlie, this guy, then for confine him somewhere, then for take him to hospital. Yeah, but yo, then the women they go church, yes, then they find a see, sometimes it don't be solution, don't go there. Wait, okay. sometimes okay. isn't it that we actually, um, like push them away from us instead of actually going close to them, find out the person, no, they allow yeah, you to. Come will allow you because he has already built walls around you. He doesn't want you to come for you to break it through that you could know his or her weakness for him to go. But then we all know. Yeah, but then you have to be patient. And what I'm trying to say is that I think we also play a part in this because we allow them to go far. When we know at a point in time we can also break through that, it's not easy to break through someone's barrier. But if you set your mind to help the person, I think you should go on that journey, go through that barrier. And then, at least even if the person gives you a clue, you're able to understand the person, get the person's trust, then the person will be able to talk to you. And I think with time, you might know why the person is addicted to certain things. And if you have any help, and me, I understand. My issue be where we think helping them is going to do default. No, because not, and yes, then again, but it means Africa we get very big issues on our side. You see what? For, um, um, just to answer what, or just to add up to add up or whatever to what um, Sonia was saying. This is the case where we actually know that it's a problem or that it's a disease. Most of us think, and I'm speaking from me, you know, uh, 15 years ago. Most of us think that you're drinking, like it's a choice you're making every day. And it's something you can just say, you know what, I won't drink and I won't drink. Most of us go like, ah, we all have problems, you know, but I'm not drinking. Why are you drinking? So it's a choice. We don't know that it is a disease or that at that point, it may not start off as so, but like you said, you develop the tolerance because you don't even see it coming. And then before you know, you're dependent on this side. Okay, so it's like we don't register and up until now, a lot of Ghanaians still do not register that addictions or an addiction is a disease that they really have no control over their bodies just as you have malaria and you're lying there, you can't stop shivering. But you see, so you need some kind of intervention. Let, let me bring my madness here small. You know, see, these things, especially the drinking part, mm-hmm. it's uh, mostly associated with men, right? Or mm-hmm. line. And these are the reasons in a typical Ghanaian home. You know, please reverence on a woman because, oh no, oh, she's a friend. He's not somebody who's going to raise her. 
um, yeah. all the scary things yeah. in Revelation. Yeah. Yes, and the child was yeah. very and anxious for well. so many weeks, yeah. even months, right? So yeah, and plus a lot of people have killed in the name of religion, claiming that they are doing God's work. So yes, religion is good and that religion can be bad. Right. Some people call it the weapon of mass destruction. Mm. But yes, we need to know when and how to apply religion yes. when appropriate. Thank you. But yes. we need to know that it's it's a disorder, it's a disease. A yeah. disease of the mind. When someone becomes addicted, just picture it as the substance going to rewire the connections in the brain so that the brain will become dependent on the substance. So that you will always need that substance for you to function well. Right. Yeah. It can, be, it can be genetic, it can be learned too. Yeah. Wait. Addiction can be hereditary. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like some, yes, there's there's some, there's some babies some... born who are already um, hooked on coke because okay. their mother was. Yes, yeah. but um, in that sense, it was because they were ex- ex- exposed to that substance, so yes. their bodies learned to like the bodies were formed with that substance yeah. part of it. Yeah. Right. So in in in, in a baby like that, you have to treat the withdrawal when the baby yeah, comes when they out. are born. Yes. How do you know? Now, the baby they are genetic because you know that the mother was ex- was taking yeah. a substance. So you see some of the signs of yeah. withdrawal in the baby. Ask me why I saw this. Ask me why I saw this. New Amsterdam. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It can. Withdrawal can. Withdrawal can can be very deadly. The the and symptoms so the of withdrawal. Yes. Yeah, the symptoms of withdrawal. Immediately they come there. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the symptoms I, I mentioned are what we call the uncomplicated withdrawal. Now, when withdrawal, when you are going through withdrawal, you can have seizures, very horrible seizures, or we can have what we call delirium. Delirium. Um, with that one, you might be very alert one minute, the next minute you are very drowsy, then you become alert again, then you start hallucinating, you have yeah. delusions, your emotions will be all over the place. Yeah. It might be it might be evening right now, you look out and you think it's morning, right? Your sleep pattern is just fucked up. Yeah. Right? That is that is delirium. Then wow. there's death, right? So those are the things that come death. So these things, yes, when they are attached to the withdrawal phase, we call that complicated withdrawal. So this can happen to any age. So it really doesn't matter. Once you're going through, yes, once you're going through withdrawal, you're going through withdrawal. So, so um, when you come to the hospital and we we are doing detox for you, it's actually it's technically assisted withdrawal. So we are assisting you go through the withdrawal phase by giving you some medications that lessen. The distress you go through. Right. Um, withdrawal. Have you ever watched this movie, Ray? It's about this musician, Ray Charles. Yeah, yeah, Ray. Yes, mm-hmm. he was addicted to heroin. Yes. And at a point, he realized that it was tearing his family apart. Yeah. So he decided to stop by himself. Um, no, he. He checked himself into an institution and during that phase, I think he didn't want a lot of intervention from them. Yeah. So he decided to go through it and it was horrible. Yeah. When you see that scene, it gets stuck in your brain. He was vomiting, he was yeah. sweating profusely, he was seeing things. Yeah, he just got the things. Yeah, so that's how come that's how dangerous withdrawal can be. So when you tell someone stop drinking, the person can actually stop drinking and then have suggested that and die. Wow. I have a patient in the rehab I manage right now. He's addicted to tramadol. In the morning he takes three hundred milligrams, at night he takes about thousand. <laughs> 
300. At night, he takes 800, 2,000 milligrams before he's able to sleep. And he pays the bills like he's taking a. Yeah. Now, he's, he, he, he started. And he doesn't overdo. Because at the hospital, there's no he didn't, he didn't start from there. Yeah. Right. He got to this point over a period of four years. He started by with this just 50 milligrams. Yeah. Why? Because he does. I think it was um, probably prescribed. He does, he does a job which which involves some heavy lifting. Okay. So one of his friends told him that when you take tramadol, you don't feel tired. So he's able to lift. He helps carry um, cocoa beans, bags of cocoa beans. So when they take it, they're able to just yes. work like donkeys. And then, just before he started taking it, he always used to, in quotes, fall sick. So you go through like days where he would, he would feel very ill and you wouldn't know exactly what. So his friend just told him to try Tramadol, one in a morning, one in the evening. Then after some weeks, he realized he wasn't getting the effect, so he had to step it up. Then he realized he was spending too much money on it after a year, so he had to. He wanted to stop. He stopped. He had horrible seizures. He tried it two times. He had horrible seizures. So now his whole family actually helps him. Buy the medication. Hey, so they either they give him money or they buy it. So his uncle can buy 800 CDs worth of tramadol and send it to him. They don't think I'm going to ask for it. Because they know that if he doesn't get it, now he'll get seizures. So it's like, oh, this is your medicine. Yeah. Until they heard one of our talks on the radio and they realized that he can have help. So he's been at our facility for about a week and a half. And he hasn't had any any um, any seizure at all because we put him on the right medications to prevent seizures, and he's basically doing like really really good. Like he's his main struggle the last time I saw him was the fact that he's lost appetite a bit and he doesn't sleep well. But with that I then put him on medication and then he's doing fine. Yes. So sometimes we think that oh the person chose to enter addiction, so the person needs to be able to choose to stop. That's a bit complicated. <laughs> and and I don't even know. We we it's it's even the way the, the terms, the way we call the calling saying, um, you know, it's it's yeah. oh my gosh. And, and Ghana, it's, I said, yeah, yeah, if you are hiking, you see Tramando, mm-hmm. we don't say the boys, boys, mm-hmm. man pair, but when it comes to alcohol, man. It's crazy. Oh, we, we, hey. we smoke cocaine, abazabaz. Then we put in get high. Oh, thing about alcohol is that it's readily available and it's cheap. Yes. Right. I can't. So I, one of the I have that two people very close to me who you know, I mean, who are like that. Uh, you know, addict. So it was an uncle who was to cocaine. He traveled, uh, you know, outside. There were there were alone friends here and there. He got hooked. You know, he's like he's really doing well now. He's really really after rehab. Yeah, he's been clean. He's like gain weight. Charlie is looking fresh. He's saying, "Uncle, they didn't make nice." But fortunately, my mom. It, it took us a while. I think it took losing hair to actually even find out. You know what 
all of this addiction was about. She has was the alcohol, and then there was the pain with my uncle. So I've, I mean, I've, I've seen it all. Wow. I've seen it all. Yeah. So I know, I know even within the, I know how you can be shown. I know how they can feel. It was after my mother died that I, I saw her die, honestly, because I read it and I could feel in like page after page how lonely she felt. Then I realized, wait, she wasn't actually enjoying this drink. I mean, I, so my relationship with her was really messy in that every time she was sober we were best friends and every time she drank we were enemies and I thought it was my way of encouraging her to stop drinking do you understand she wants to be close to me you know so if I'm nice when you're sober then you be sober so that we can be nice and then when you drink it's like all hell very disrespectful Sean hey, don't fucking come close to me you know storm out of the room that kind of thing and it never really went and I didn't understand for me it was always like ah do you love the drink the bottle more than you love me because if you say you love me like the way you say you do then me that I wasn't a mom no I was thinking I'll do anything for my kid you know so why can't you stop drinking for me yeah because see um, that description I gave of what other addicts you know, that's what we call uh, dependence syndrome right and that's one of the factors I mentioned the fact that the substance becomes the primary yeah. target the primary aim yeah. for the person the minute they wake up yeah. so they don't care about what the kids yeah. want people say that they take alcohol to as an eye opener mm-hmm. now that term came about because it doesn't really open their eyes it just it just helps them uh, it just helps stabilize their nerves yeah once you take it and it stabilizes your nerves, you think that your eyes can see open. things clearly. When, when they, they, but you wake up and you don't have it in you, you start having withdrawal symptoms. Sometimes they shake, right? They feel anxious and they just don't feel well. And when they take it and the body settles, then they think their eyes are open. But me, I think uh, this one, down here, one big issue where they make people they resort to the churches. Uh-huh. Because the system will be work way education wise and television. On mental health. Yes. And even especially on addiction. You know, we know when we talk about mental health, all we know is if I couldn't have for them. speak for these pastors why are they always quick to go to uh, like why why are, are the pastors so is it that once you open it watching you know a situation you know, they want a snake in a situation or you know Sonia, should I answer this one for you? <laughs> because, no, because I feel like if you have no clue just in a matter Stay the fuck out. Hey, no, you are letting money go. Because see, she went to what what come I don't know, it was this it was in the mountains. I kinda I had to go I went to visit her there. It was in the mountains, you know, and then you know they meet and pray and you are feel like these your pastors are a bigger problem when it comes to addiction. In fact, when it comes to mental health. Thank you. And so now even addiction before the bubble. 
Johnny died the one that fell in the corner. Yesterday, some died. It's, it's the ignorant pastors who are crying. Yes, right. that's some, what some, some are well. Some are. Uh, and like oh, pastors. No, I get, I get, I get a lot of referrals from pastors. Yeah. Ooh, I've even had a, a referral from obedience. <laughs> So eventually they took her to a prayer camp. All for Yvonne to be chained. A very, very beautiful girl. Then she she died. She died. Full of life. Like she was vibrant, beautiful, slim like a model. She died. I got so angry. And and and, and the, 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 the family members the family members said not yes say is any all for all for you see all for them to realize that it was some kind of mental problem that she was suffering from that it was very small that it generated to something big they didn't pay attention to it they were just two ladies like their parents gave birth to two ladies mother died father died so there was they, like they were orphans so there was nobody to take care of them she just finished university with first class died. coming back to the question yes you see, as Bill said, there are ignorant pastors and there are people that want money, irrespective of whatever, whether it is true or whether it is not true. Only the day he doesn't mind. He doesn't care about the individual. And there are true pastors. Yes, I'm a Christian. Let's take the fact that um, whatever it is, I believe in sometimes this shit happens. There are spiritual things that happen. I'm not saying that I also work in the health sector. I'm not saying that when I have malaria, I will sit there and say, I'm a malaria nako. I believe in the healing power of God. Even me, my pastor will tell you that coronavirus, she has gone to take his vaccination. Do you get it? It doesn't mean that. He says that, yes, some, he preaches that sometimes, like there are there are certain things that sometimes they say, oh, um, like, you know, the spiritual aspects and everything. But he believes that do your part, your part as in be human do your part drink take your medication and everything and still pray do you get what i'm trying to say take your medication and still pray that doesn't mean that as 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 before his wife died when he so recently he didn't leave his wife there for them to say that their wife was sick and so we are praying and that god will their wife was taking medication when my pastor is sick he seeks for medication and still pray that doesn't mean my point is that yes, in all aspects of it, there is the spiritual aspect, there is the mental aspect. 
as Christians, I believe that when you want to deal with someone who is suffering from whether addiction or mental disorders or anything, you should have a balanced solution. In that, the first thing that comes into your mind is, what is the person suffering from? Have you taken the person to the hospital? Have the doctors diagnosed that blah, 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 blah? Doctors, when we, they all diagnose and find out what exactly is wrong with the person and then find solutions to it. What they have to do is, after the doctor has maybe diagnosed the thing, like the, the patient, the patient is still on medication. Mm-hmm. The patient has to take the medication mm-hmm. and you the pastor. Do your prayer parts. But you see, you see, yeah, that's the point that I'm trying to say. Yeah. Some pastors don't know this wisdom. When they go and then they take the because most of the times Ghanaians we are religious, most yeah. of us are religious. So we have in a way diverted to that part that we are the Say religious. So, see, so Sometimes you see, it is our You know, we think yeah. it. And what no. we have been taught. Yeah. Oh no, but because you if think I that believe my the pastor, church is more cheaper than no, I believe my pastor. <laughs> no, no, that's that's that be, point. That be something on the street. That's, that's what I'm coming you to go say. Go if I believe my pastor and I believe that my church is like as in my idol. Yes. yes. By his stripes we are healed and all of that. Do you get it? <laughs> no, like my church is my idol. Remember, yeah. we shouldn't make things yeah. Yeah. our idol. Yeah. Isn't it in the Bible? We we should have no other God beside him. Yes. Mm. Yes. yes. It's in a commandment. No. no. Angels are not our gods. Yes. No. But, but angels are not our gods. That's why I'm saying that they are in the there are people they said they've been called by God. Yes. Let me put the word in quotes. Because they believe in whichever God that they've been called. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Why are you called? You'll be a brothel. And there are people that genuinely, if you come to my church, see, 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 we, we don't do for oil, blah, for 200 dollars. You don't do that. You won't understand. Why a pastor doesn't drive a rose car? You see, ah, but you see, but it's rich. a church that you yeah, go. He, he uses other things. <laughs> it is a checklist. It's not true. It's rich. It is the a church is that rich. you will go, and then me, for instance, when I go to church and the pastor preaches, when I come home, I still take my Bible and then wow. read. It's, and it's, go through whatever the pastor says. Yeah, they say it's verified. Yeah. You get that point. The pastor reads and then gets with praise and gets wisdom. His teaching, that is his gift. So it's like a teacher telling me this, that, that. When I go, I do more of my research and then add more knowledge to mine. If I think that whatever perception that I want to have, maybe the pastor interpreted it wrongly, I would take exactly my point. And see, you get it? I, I wanted to say this here. See, so now I'm saying, yes, you go to the hospital and you take your meds, okay, and then your pastor can do the prayer. This is what I want people to understand. I've been a Christian before. I've been, yeah, I've been religious before and I was a Christian. You see, personally, I feel like, yes, I've been to the hospital, I've been diagnosed and taking my meds, and me and my pastor are praying as well. Now, me and my pastor praying doesn't mean to me feel a big phobia now, toy away in a moment. What it means is like what's William was saying, 
our, our ideologies and whatever are actually a very powerful thing for a Christian. It's very powerful. So for you to even recover, you need to be in that positive state of mind. You need to have peace and all of that. And that is where the prayer and whatever, you know, would help. And you said, before not try arena man into me, you know, because I said, before not try arena man into me, I don't know. You see, that's what I want you to understand. Now let me come in. See? Coming. Yes, Hey guys, unfortunately this is where we have to end today's um podcast, but there's a continuation so just look out for it. Bye. Thank you for listening.